Hello and welcome to your Fairy God Mentor. This is the show that inspires, encourages, educates, and supports expected couples who desire to confidently navigate pregnancy, birth, and finding balance in an unbalanced world. I am Angie Taylor, the mother of nine with two degrees in natural health. I'm also a birth insider, knowing the ins and outs of the birth industry and all of the good, the bad, and the ugly. I've worked with expecting couples since 2003 in a variety of roles, including birth educator, birth doula, home birth midwife, breastfeeding support, and life coaching. Sit back and enjoy hearing about all the things you never knew you never knew. Today I interview Morgan from Lavender Wellness. She is an integrated fertility coach. Well, welcome to today's episode of Your uh, Fairy God Mentor. I am Angie Taylor and I'm here with Morgan uh, Patricio. And we're going to talk about women's bodies and we're going to talk about fertility and what it is, what it isn't, and the conversations that we need to be having as women that we're not having that are empowering and inspiring conversations. It's like sometimes I think women feel like our bodies are like top secret even to ourselves. And that's mm-hmm. not fair. No. <laughs> right? So, you know, it's like I had a, um, I had a sweet woman come through my childbirth education class many years ago. And she, mm-hmm. um, she was pregnant, obviously coming through a childbirth class, but she shared with me after her son was born, her experience prior to conceiving. Um, she had had horrid cycles. Um, mm-hmm. They were either really heavy or they were non-existent for months at a time. And she just really felt like she was broken. And, you know, before she got married, she was like, are you sure? Because I don't even know if I can have kids because my cycles are all over the place. Um, and so when she conceived her son, then it was, okay, well, something's got to go wrong because my body is still broken. Even though it's conceived, I'm going to have problems giving birth. You know, all of these preconceptions that she had made about her body based on her cycles. So what can mm-hmm. you share with us about you know, what, what should we be thinking about our bodies? What should we know about our cycles? Yeah, that's a really beautiful case because it ended up with a happy ending, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's so many ways we can, so many places we can jump off. For example, go back to the history of her cycle. Um, Most of us are taught at a certain point. I remember being in like fifth grade or something and learning I was going to have this cycle, this period. And what did that mean? Um, and you know, and it's going to come once a month and then we can just plan our future for children. And there's not a lot of information in between about what your cycles should look like. And if they don't, what can we do about it? So that's, you know, something definitely there we can, we can look at to see what is your body saying to you? What works for you? Right. Exactly. And I I know women who have that same concept or that same idea, I don't have frequent enough cycles to get pregnant. And then they're surprised that they got pregnant. So it's important for us to understand. And this is something that sadly I learned becoming a lactation consultant is Mm -hmm. that it's 
is possible for a breastfeeding woman to get pregnant before her first yeah. cycle begins because yeah. her fertility comes back before the bleeding happens. Yes. Because the bleeding is the shedding of a membrane that had lined the uterus, but did not get fertilized. And so I think women yeah. are still kind of foggy on what is the cycle? Um, why do we call, why is it referred to as a period? Um, you know, I've started telling people, well, that's the bleeding part of your cycle because the cycle right. is continuous. Yeah. You know, it's, that's why it's a cycle. It's just a continuous cycle. And like the bleeding is the shedding of that membrane, which is like supposed to be like mm -hmm. the end of the cycle. So it's the period marking the end of the cycle. Um, right. A lot of women and, don't understand mm -hmm. the pieces of that cycle. Right. So, I mean, we can even talk about that for a second. You know, standard Western science breaks a cycle into 28 days. Um, but actually, I think normal is somewhere between 26 and 31 days. So there again, we have a little bit of variability. So we'll call it on the 28th cycle, the first 14 days is the follicular phase. And that's when the, the, the uterus lining is building up, that egg is getting ready to be released. And then somewhere on day 14, if it's in the perfect cycle, that egg is released and that's the ovulation. And that's, there's only a short window of about four or five days to get pregnant. And that's another mystery. Women think they have this 28 days to get pregnant. Oh no, there's something wrong with me. Really, it's like four days that can happen because after was what you were talking about. If that egg passes unfertilized, then the shedding occurs in the luteal phase, the last 14 days. And then those you know five to six days of bleeding start the cycle again. Um, so really just keying women on those numbers is really helpful to let them know, whoa, I'm not broken. It is a lot smaller window than a lot of women think. So right. it can catch people by surprise in that. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I know most of the women that I know that are in my circle of friends um, chart their cycles. Mm -hmm. uh, is that something that you teach your clients? Absolutely. And that is one of our, my, the first things that I do. And it's like low key charting because there's all sorts of apps and smiley faces and digital things that can get really overwhelming and really expensive. And honestly, if you can do a rough track on a piece of paper, and then we can get more complex to there and add into looking like their fertility, their, their fertile window tracking like cervical mucosis and things like that. But really just keeping a track every month of their period, that bleeding phase, tells us so much about what's going on in your body. And that really can help women to get back a hold and be empowered of that mindset, which was you know, the next point I'm thinking of your client. Their body's not broken. It just, they need to get some information about it and then they know what to do. Right. Yeah. And this is stuff that women, we used to know this stuff. Yeah. It used to be taught to us by our mothers, mm -hmm. our grandmothers, mm -hmm. our aunts, you know, our best friends. This was common conversation. Um, I grew up, I was raised by a single mom with five mm -hmm. sisters. And so we oh, got wow. used to having this conversation around the dinner table. Yeah. Um, so it was very embarrassing when we brought a boy home for dinner. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we would just have a normal conversation. Sure. <laughs> And he's turning bright red because he's like, oh, I don't even know how to participate in this conversation. <laughs> Way out of his depth. Right. Oh. 
Right. Sweet but I boy. think that it's, it's time for us to normalize this conversation again. Um, 100%. I, yeah. Yeah. I always, I always warn people you're talking to a midwife at some point, we're going to talk placenta, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's trying to get people to, to just normalize the human body, the mm-hmm. processes that it does normally and naturally. Um, yeah. the beauty of the female body and the things that it can do that a man's body can't do, but we've got right. to understand what it's doing so that we don't blame ourselves when it's not doing something right. You know? Yeah, it's so true. And I think that's such a beautiful environment to grow up in. And I'm not sure where we've kind of lost track of that because I know even in, in my, my household, my mother was, we didn't talk about that. And then, you know, that breeds sort of that, oh, this is dirty. This is wrong. Oh, my body, there's something wrong with it. I got to hide this. There's some sort of shame around that. And that, you know, in turn drastically affected my period and the symptoms were associated with it. And, you know, I only figured that out years down the line and understood where those kind of symptoms came from. Um, So yeah, I would love to see girls getting back to that. I think it's really great um, having moms with teenage girls, having those conversations, getting them tracking their cycles together and carving out some time and they might not be brave enough to do it at the dinner table, but they can find some time to, to have that conversation about, Hey, what's going on with your cycle? How was it? Has anything changed? Is there something you're concerned about? Um, to give them that area of comfort to say, Hey, this is what's going on. I want some help. Right. Exactly. Well, and as someone who's taught childbirth classes, um, we have nine children total. I've given birth to eight. Um, and wow. eight have primarily been in the home. So um, child nine mm-hmm. is a wedding gift from my husband when we got married. Um, and so we, we don't see her much because she's always been with her mom. But um, sure. my sons became very familiar with what birth was and the sure. conversations around pregnancy and, and birth and all of that. And they, they shock women now as they're older and they're dating and uh, they, you know, they start talking about not just do you want to have kids, but what type of birth would you like to have? Um, mm-hmm. You know, have, are you considering breastfeeding? I mean, these are questions that most guys their age, like 19, 20, mm-hmm. <laughs> aren't even aware uh, that they're a yeah. conversation that they could be having. Yes, but I think that translates so beautifully later into their fertility journey. I mean, I've experienced clients whose partners are still uncomfortable or unaware that those conversations again uh, um, exist. And the stress of that is on the woman. She feels like she's doing this all alone and the man just has a quick part, but really he has a huge part. And so your son's growing up in that and being comfortable around it. I think it's really valid that boys understand this whole process as well going forward. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Especially if we want them to truly respect a woman and her body and what it can do and provide. Um, They need to understand how her body works, you know, and to respect their role in the process and to take a lot more ownership in it that they, there are so many things they can do just because they're not growing the human how they can support their partners, how they can, you know, research and help with all of these types of things to make their partner feel the utmost comfortable. And they can have a say in the birth process too. I think that's really empowering for a man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to know that he's got that, he used to be, you know, 
in, in the center space with her, you know, yeah. that was his place, the place where yeah. doctors and midwives are now, um, mm -hmm. was his place. And, and that's right. something that within my own practice that I, I work really hard on giving that space back to him, talking to him about the, the range of where would you like to be at this birth? Um, do you feel comfortable catching your baby? And if not, that's okay. Yeah. Where would you yeah. like to be? Where do you want us to make sure you are? Because we're not here to take over your job and your right. place that's... in her life and in this experience. Um, that's so powerful. I mean, I grew up with the image of the man pacing the, the waiting room, waiting for the doctor to tell it's a girl <laughs> or a boy, you know, and that's just so disconnected. Absolutely. You know, and now that I, everything that I've learned, I'm like, wow, that's just really, that's so absurd. Right. Um, right. And then we wonder yeah. why we have the relationship issues that we yeah. have now and mm -hmm. the, the huge divide and the absent fathers, even though they're living in the home, um, mm -hmm. they don't, they're not connected with their children like they could be. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So, and I think another crucial part, like you try and get them into that process you know, thinking back on your client, feeling her body's broken and things, you know, that's a huge mindset shift she's going to have to make. Um, do you typically use like affirmations? Do you help, do you have the man get in there with affirmations as well? What kind of mindset things do you have both of them I, do? I'm I curious. do. Well, it starts with their, in the childbirth education class, it starts with them having open and honest conversations with each other. It starts with mm -hmm. him stepping back from the mindset of, um, I am man, I am your protector. It is my job to make sure you birth in a safe space, safe space equals hospital to, okay. right. I, I need to step back and really listen to what you're saying, <clears throat> because this is your body. It's designed to function this way. <laughs> it's a normal function of your body. And if you feel like you're not supposed to be in the hospital, I need to really be paying attention to why, why is that? Yeah. And how can I support you in that? Um, so it starts with those conversations, uh, and then I take them through a, a scenario where that became reality in 2020. Um, and that was, I would tell them, okay, so it's close to your estimated due date. You're settling in to watch a movie and the birth process begins, but there's been a catastrophic event and you cannot get to the hospital or to a birth center nor can anybody get to you. Right. What are you most afraid will happen in that moment? And they each make their list and they come mm. together and they share that list with each other. And then they research together. Is this something truly to be afraid of? You know, is this something that we can handle yeah. on our own? And if so, how? And is this something that would require somebody's help? And if so, who do we need to have on speed dial? who's close enough right. that could help us. Um, and that helps them to do their own research. And I never have them share that in class because I don't sure. need somebody That's else. That's so private, yeah. Impacting yeah. Somebody yeah. Else. But right. I was always there as a resource. You know, mm -hmm. come and talk to me. If you can't find mm -hmm. information on how to answer those questions, I can guide you to those. I can tell you where to find this. Um, and that, that just opened their eyes in a That's very beautiful. big way as to, how much of the birthing process and the complications they could handle on their own at home. Um, yeah, but how powerful is that to shift out of fear and into really getting down to, okay, I'm afraid of this because I just need a little more information. 
you know, and then right. they can research what to do about it. That's really, really great. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Wonderful. For those couples that have had a birth experience or mm-hmm. um, have had that struggle with the infertility and then they're pregnant, but they've already lost one, you know, yeah. so they're, they're yeah. it again. Am I going to lose mm-hmm. this one? And so their, their mind is on that. Um, I use aromatherapy and a series okay. of questions okay. where I just take them through where we, we bring back that moment in time, what they were mm-hmm. thinking, how they were feeling, um, where it was sitting in their body. And then I have them smell the essential oils. And as they're smelling the essential oils, it disrupts the memory complex and allows their body to mm-hmm. resolve the issue. Um, and they can move forward after that, yeah. knowing that it happened, that there's no longer mm-hmm. an emotional charge attached. Um, That's really beautiful. So it's really important for couples to have those tools, um, yeah. similar to what you teach couples who are experiencing fertility issues. Um, because I know one of the things that always bothered me, and I know people, it's one of the reasons why some people walk away from religion is that in the scriptures, it's always that the woman was barren. And yeah. for, the very, for a very long time, when a woman was experiencing fertility issues, they always blamed her. It was sure. her fault. Yeah. Um, it's not, it, it hasn't been that long ago that we started going, huh, what if it's him? Right. And that's really powerful. You know, you've got to look at both partners and um, from a physiological level, mm-hmm. both partners can change drastically the egg and the sperm quality within three months. Men are kind of like the same when losing weight. They think about losing weight and they drop five pounds. We women, we want five pounds and it maybe take like, you know, three or six more months, but um, changes for them happen really drastically. So it's really important to get them on board because there can be a motility issue. There can be a viscosity issue. They can have sometimes um, a blood viscosity issue that we don't know about that's unrelated to the sperm. that can really affect fertility. And here the woman's thinking, oh my gosh, it's on me, my body's broken. Um, It's really, really important to have both of them checked out and both of them into the action plan, making those lifestyle changes together, making those nutritional changes, making those supplement, whatever the recommendation may be Mm -hmm. together because they know they're equally pulling their weight and they're equally increasing their chances. And I think there's a lot of power in that. Absolutely. And it takes the pressure off the woman. I mean, we do, I do something similar with the fear. So we do a kind of an activity about the fear. What happens if you can't conceive? What are your fears around not having a child? Um, You know, and working with kind of, is it him? Is it her? Sometimes a lot of blame can come up. Mm -hmm. So I do kind of a similar fear thing activity that way. Um, And then for the woman, we have this very beautiful um, meridian in Chinese medicine called the Bao Mai, and it connects the heart and the uterus. So there's a nice meditation and it's kind of what you do with aromatherapy, but really connecting that heart in that uterus and the trauma may have happened. The, the fear of being broken may have happened, but you can kind of release the charge and connect that again. Um, and there's, it's really, really powerful. I love that. I love that, that yeah. you're both giving couples hope they can work together and yes. in that hope and growing that hope and releasing their fears and their anxieties and, you know, and what the world thinks and believes and all of the stories that get tossed at them. 
Um, I know mm-hmm. for myself, one of the things that I've had to do with couples, especially when they're choosing um, to birth naturally at home, yeah. is I've had to give them permission to not tell their family what they're doing. Yeah. Um, do you ever have to have that conversation with your couples? I do. I really, you know, a lot of people feel it's cathartic to share their fertility journey on social media or whatnot, but I think it just opens it up to too much input. And that is part of the problem is there's so much information. We get inundated. Everybody has an opinion. And then it kicks us right back into that cycle. Well, I should, because it's my mom and she said this and my aunt tried this and we just get all in our head again. So I really have my couples keep their journey private as far as what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when they go to a Western professional says, oh, your eggs are really poor quality. The chances of you having a baby are not very good. And so they say, okay, you know, let's breathe some hope back into this case. Let's just put that on a shelf. And here are all the ways that we can work. And then we'll go revisit that, you know, but it's true. I like them to keep it between the two of them. And that's empowering as well and significantly changes the fertility journey. Yeah. Love that's that. a very, very good piece of advice. Yeah. 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 It, it's hard to give to them, you know, because their family mm-hmm. wants to know what's going on and um, their friends and it, and it helps right. them to talk about it because it's a big issue on their heart, but in all of that well-meaning support, it just causes a lot of confusion. I find. Absolutely. Um, I, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. They, they yeah. just end up wondering, am I really making the right choice that, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes yeah. um, they'll decide to make a choice they don't really want to make just to keep peace in the family. And that's it's unfair. <laughs> it super is. It's absolutely unfair. And to go back into that role of feeling obligated or, or keeping the peace and that I, you know, I can't, I can't say that that's going to manifest in a healthy way down the line. Those are the kind of things that really, you know, can cause harm to our body if we keep that in for a long time. Absolutely. So I'm very, I also approach it that direction with my clients say, you know, this choice needs to be yours because this is not something you want to have a conflict for you the rest of your life, you know? Right. So, right. Yeah. It's hard to mm-hmm. see down the road how, how those conversations can actually implant a wedge between you and that person yeah. because yeah. then you regret taking their you know, listening to them and doing what they wanted you to do instead of doing what you want to do. Um, And then there's that guilt and and all of that. So why pile all of that on? If you can just keep it secret, just keep it between Mm -hmm. the two of you um, and just remind your parents that you're adults, you, you are taking things into your own hands. You are seeing the professionals that you've been led to um, and things are working the way that you want them to work. And that, mm-hmm. that really should be all that matters. Um, yeah. And it's really okay for them to say that, you know, thanks so much for your support, mom. I really love that you love me and you care, but right now I'm just taking these next few steps on my journey and I will keep you posted when I feel I'm able to, you know, and it's really helping give them some tools that way of what to say to kind of diffuse it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you kind of help your clients with what to say to keep give them permission to say, Hey, it's okay to ask, but you, I'm not going to tell you anything. <laughs> you know, how do you kind of approach that? <laughs> it's a tricky <laughs> one. <laughs> Sometimes I tell them that they can use me as the bad guy. Well, my midwife said, I sure, can. sure. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I like that. Yeah. No, I've done that a lot before in my practice too. I uh, blame it on me. It's fine. <laughs> 
I'm okay with being the bad guy, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause let's face it. Fertility birthing. I mean, that is a huge amount of stress responsibility. You don't need all of that outside noise. Right. Exactly. So. Exactly. And we want them to yeah. take that responsibility seriously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they can't take it seriously. If everybody has their opinion and yeah. is just muddying the waters. Yeah. Um, and peacefully. We want that, that responsibility taken peacefully, I think absolutely. is so critical. Absolutely. Um, I know as our yeah. older kids started moving out and starting their own families, um, mm-hmm. I know I had lots of people watching me because they, they're like, yeah, hey, yeah. she's a midwife. She's going to interfere. What's she going to do? <laughs> <laughs> How is she? She's going to make them blah, blah, blah. And, and I always told them, they would come to me, mom, what should I do? And I'm just like, this is your decision to make. Mm-hmm. I am here. I will teach you everything that I have always taught yeah. my students, um, which will include the decision is yours to make, and I will support you in that decision. It is your experience. It is not mine. Yeah. And I'm just That's here so to brainstorm and do all of those things. Um, and they knew my daughters gave birth in the hospital and they knew I had a hard time being in the hospital just because I had watched, um, I had watched clients who were being completely traumatized and, you know, all of that, but they also knew that I had given them good direction on who their doctors should be. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a good relationship with the hospital staff and, and everybody knew me. Um, many of them saw me as, as the midwife, you know, as somebody with, you know, some type of authority, um, but they also witnessed me as just giving that direction, not interfering with what the doctors and nurses were doing, just giving the direction to my daughters, um, reminding them of what they knew, reminding them to just listen to their body, um, to trust their body and what it was telling them, forget about the machines that they had to be hooked up to and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the staff around them that were complete strangers um, and just, you know, turn within themselves and they had beautiful experiences, you know. Um, That's really wonderful. But it is, it's hard as a parent to, you know, not be in there and telling them what yeah. to do. That's been the biggest transition for me is the moving from the, the parent who's yeah. teaching them to the mm-hmm. parent that has to just sit back and say, okay, I've taught them everything that they need to know. And now it's my time to be hands off and just be there when they come and ask for help. Um, yeah, that's gotta be a difficult transition. I mean, my, my boys are very little, so I haven't crossed that bridge, but I can, I can relate to cases that were very close to me. Um, and they want to know what I would do. And that's, it's such a tricky place, you know, cause it's, I really am like you, I want to come from that place is the most empowering thing is here's all the information. Mm -hmm. I will support you in what you want to do. I will educate you on this, this, and that, but the decision is yours. And I can't, I can't speak to what I would do because it's not, I can't jump in your shoes. It's not, I can't, I can't do right. it, you know? And, yeah. and of course they just want that extra bit of help and, and leverage, but it's, it's really hard not to say, right. you know, sometimes with those really close cases. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it doesn't work that way. Even when our no. oldest got pregnant, she, she was like, even my husband said, just tell her what you would do. And I was just like, what I would do is irrelevant. Yeah. Her life experiences absolutely. are completely different yeah. than her life experiences. Just because I'm her mother doesn't mean that what I have yeah. to say 
Hello, one body, two bodies, like (laughs) (laughs) totally different. It's my job to take her from childhood to a young woman to adulthood. Mm -hmm. And I can't do that if I'm telling her what to do. No, not at all. And here she is with her partner and all of these things. So yeah, good for you. I mean, it's, it's a hard place to pull back, but it's, it it is. And it's so important for us to do as parents Mm -hmm. to let our kids know, okay, this is adulthood. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. So here's all yeah. of the decisions to make and I, I will mentor and guide you, but I'm not going to make the decisions for you. Definitely. I think that parallels with our clients as well. We have to mentor and guide them up to the end and, and that, but it's their decision. And, and ultimately I think that will lend the most beautiful experience for them because they were in charge. They had all the information, they were educated, they were empowered and they decided it's really beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, and to, and to find joy in whatever happened. Yes. Because yes. they got themselves there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't ever want any of my clients saying I could never do this without you because the answer is actually you could have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I just exactly. provided you with the information that seems to no longer be, uh, people think is no longer readily available to them, but it is out there. Yeah, um, it is. But I think it is, it's also, um, I think our roles are very beautiful because they could do it without us, but to have those specific tools given to them at that specific time and organize all of those things for them might not have happened in another way. And their journey might've been really different. So, I mean, I think there's, there's some, there's something to that to be, you know, yes, um, provide it's an honor of our role to provide that shortcut for them. I think. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I agree. We've, we've, we've done all the study because I know how, how many years it took me. Yeah, to find all of these answers. And and now I can just sit in a room with expecting couples Mm -hmm. and you know, what questions do you have? Oh yeah, well, here's your answer. (laughs) Oh, you don't like my answer? Okay, well, go search the internet and prove me wrong. Um, Right, (laughs) go search the internet and I will wait here, get back to me in the next few years. Oh my word. So one of the things that you do is intermingling Western and Eastern medicines Mm -hmm. um, when working with fertility couples. So- what's the magic sauce there? Is there, is there any like magic combination? I think there is. I think one of the magic sauces that um, kind of goes parallel with mindset is also looking at the body in a totally different set of diagnostics, right? So maybe you have irregular cycles, maybe you have, you know, PMS, maybe you have PCOS, who knows, but then you switch to the Chinese diagnostics it's a whole different set and it gives you a whole different direction to look of how to support the body. For example, maybe you're blood deficient, maybe you have blood stagnation, we need to build chi and blood, these type of things. And they are parallel to the Western, but they're completely different in how you can attack that with food and nutrition. And I think sometimes that just really shifts people's mind frame. They're not hung up on what their disease process is, what their regular cycles are it's a much easier way to fix it. Um, then when you add in acupuncture, which I obviously don't do via Zoom, um, but Chinese herbs is amazing. Chinese herbs can double your odds of increasing. They're just spectacular. Wow. Women in China have been using them for years and years and years back to when, oh, my cycles are irregular, they'll go see an herbalist. And that changes the physiologically so quickly that they don't have to deal with that those problematic cycles building up over years. So when it comes to infertility, it's a really, really powerful tool 
um, just kind of sneak in the mix to help change that physiology faster, to help boost the quality of the eggs, to help change those things that may be out of balance. Um, so I love the combination of it. It's extremely different, but it's highly, highly effective. I love that. I love that. I, I envision a healthcare system that, that I hope that we end up with one day that brings all of the modalities together, um, including oh, Western yes. medicine. Western medicine has mm -hmm. some things to, to, to add to what we do. Yeah. Um, but it needs to bring in more of the understanding of the body. I seem, sometimes I talk to a Western medical doctor and I'm just like, so did you do biology? Do you understand physiology? Um, <laughs> right. You're still saying that nutrition has nothing to do with pregnancy or health. Oh my word, yes. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. I'm just like, okay, taking a deep breath now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I do, I do see that. And I've had some wonderful experiences as a midwife being able to do dual care with clients where mm -hmm they're seeing either their family practice doctor or an obstetrician yeah. and mm -hmm. me. Um, and, and I just think it's the best of both worlds because I can tell them, well, ask your doctor to do, to draw your blood mm -hmm. for these reasons. And, yes. and they can read it for me and, and let me know what do they want to do. And I can let you know what I would like to do. And then you can decide you've got information yeah. from both sides. Yes. Um, yes. And couples that, that have that experience they're no longer afraid of what if I have to end up at the hospital. Right. No, because that's beautiful. Seeing, yeah. They're mm -hmm. seeing the midwife and the doctor working beautifully mm -hmm. together Yeah, um, and how they are complimenting each other. And, yeah. and that's just my dream. My dream is to just see all of this coming together, uh, traditional oh, me Chinese medicine and herbology yeah. and homeopathy and, you know, massage yeah. therapy and acupuncture, acupressure. There, there's so many different modalities. I'd be here all day long trying to miss <laughs> them all. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but most and people it, don't understand how no. much is available to us if we just look. It's true. Yeah. And so the way I practice is I love the Western for just give me the hard numbers. You, you get those analysis, you go, I want to see this. And then thank you very much. Like, I just look right. at them as like the kind robots that can spit out all the numbers. Right. <laughs> and then it gives me all of the different ways to tackle that through diet, nutrition, through herbs, through acupuncture, through acupressure, all of those modalities that I have in my toolkit mm -hmm. and things that people can do at home. And it can really significantly change. So um, I love that. And then you can send them back and say, oh, let's look at those numbers again. We've been at this for X amount of time. Let's right. see how, where we're at. Let's see what we need to tweak. If we need to tweak anything, if we just need to give the window a little bit longer, um, or if we're ready to, for example, do the next IVF transfer, in my opinion, you know, where are we at with that? Right. Um, right. Yeah. And I think for like the Western medicine doctors, they're mm -hmm. always seeking that respect from Oh yeah. You know, Eastern medicine, doctors, midwives, sure. all of that. And so by inviting them into that and saying, look, this, this is what I do. And this is what mm -hmm. I need from you. Are you willing to provide that, um, for the common yeah. goal of helping this person? Um, yeah. You know, uh, for me and my experience, down. yeah, it's true. A quick email, a phone call, if they have time to receive you completely changes the game. 
if mm-hmm. you're willing to take the time to do that as, as a midwife, as a, as a health coach, as a, you know, a TCM practitioner or whatever, they will stop and pay attention to that. And they will let you know what their boundaries are. And, you know, if you can work together, it really, really is helpful. I agree. It's just changes the game. Honestly, Absolutely. that's something that I do in my practice quite often. Um, anytime I can is to get a hold of that that practitioner because a lot of people are very close with their fertility doctor or Western doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I like to reach out and say, "Hey, here's what we do," and it's it's really really helpful. It changes a lot of the stress and pressure. It doesn't feel like the couple doesn't feel like they're keeping secrets. Uh, they're having to do this behind their doctor's back, right. and if the doctor finds out, then it's going to be, you know, bad for business. And yeah, exactly, exactly. And and all of that pressure just plays into more issues with the fertility and the oh, mindset totally. and the emotions yeah. and you know all of that. Yeah, so exactly. Like, oh, the truth really yeah. does set you free. <laughs> it is. It's true. It is absolutely. So if you yeah. can just get this person in and keep this process private yet transparent, <laughs> then right. <laughs> Right. Have you know. the people involved that you need to have involved. Yeah, really. And the people that don't need to be part of the equation. No. Keep them out of the equation. Yeah. Um, yes. Because it just and it actually simplifies it. It really does, and it actually strengthens the process. I think because it's just very, it's very clear. Everyone's on the same page. Everyone's feeling good about that, and it really moves everything forward very, very well. Love that. So yeah, it's really great. Yeah. Yeah. My dream too. Maybe someday it'll all be integrated and <laughs> one can hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put that on the list for next year. <laughs> yeah. I do think trends are changing though. Now with more people being at home, more people researching, more people are kind of coming back to, Oh, I have power to change things for me. Um, what can I do? Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's gaining some momentum and that's hopeful. Yes. Yes. And it's such a big thing when you're dealing with health issues Mm -hmm. of any kind, knowing that you have a voice, that you have the right to say, um, well, thank you for that input, but I was looking into this. Can we look into Mm -hmm. this together? And can you share with me your unbiased thoughts? Yes. You know, not, not your biased opinions based on what you learned in medical school, but your unbiased thoughts as a human being working with me. Um, Yeah. And that raises another point. It's really critical to find that person you connect with and kind of have that conversation with. If your doctor, if you feel like you're hitting a brick wall or your, your fertility coach or whomever, if you're not clicking, find the person that you click with and that you really can use your voice and be heard and understand what they're saying. I think that's really critical. So I've had clients that just don't feel like a match for me. And I get them set up with somebody who is a match and, or, you know, help support them find a doctor that is maybe better um, supportive for their case. And it really changes things. It really changes. It things. absolutely does, you know, and, and mm-hmm. people, I know, especially in Western medicine, we're so used to just opening up the book of providers that are covered by our insurance yeah, yeah. and doing yes. any, meeny miny mo and not uh-huh. understanding that, um, you can actually go down the list and you can call them and you can schedule an appointment with them and you can sit in there Mm -hmm. and not take your clothes off. You don't have to put a gown on. And when they walk in, you can just say, let's chat. I want to get to know you to find out, is this a good fit? Right. 
and you know. to find the provider that will give you more than the, the 15 minutes and, right. and do that, you know, is right. really important, but that's a yeah. good litmus test. If they will do that, then all right, there's a nice trust being built there. Let's go forward. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I encourage couples to do. And you're not stuck with that person. If, mm -mm. You, if you do pick someone and you're starting to see red flags, you have the right to go find somebody else. Yeah. Um, and I think know. that's why it's really important for couples to get very centered in what it is that resonates for them, what it is their desire for their fertility process as much as it can be for their birthing process to get very clear on that and then find the, the provider that will help and will match that clarity. Otherwise it's going to be really difficult and not fun. Right. You know, right. Yeah. yeah. We can no longer do the eeny, meeny, miny, mo when searching for no. providers of any kind, whether it's a midwife or an mm -mm. obstetrician or, or even an herbalist or, you know, life yeah, coach, yeah. A fertility coach. Um, if you don't mesh well with that person, it's just going to be a struggle and you're, you're going to hate your visits with them. Um, which as we've already mentioned a bazillion times, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> emotions play a very big role um, here. So it's important to feel comfortable having these types of conversations, mm -hmm. conversations that for a very long time have been taboo. Shh, you don't talk yeah. about that. You know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. these are, are conversations that are highly intimate information that you're sharing um, yes. that a lot of people feel embarrassed about sharing. Um, but you have to be with someone that you feel like you can trust, that you Absolutely. feel comfortable with, that you know is not going and blabbing your personal information to anybody. Right. Um, so somebody who respects your privacy and understands mm -hmm. um, how to protect it. Um, it. It's very important. But these are things that I find couples don't even think about when they're looking for somebody. Yeah. And really research the person. You want the person that when you, you have to ask those questions that feel really embarrassing and, and you wouldn't want to say out loud to really anybody, check out their background. Do you think they could field that question and give you, you know, catch it with loving hands and then give you a lot of really good information, you know, kind of stop and think about that, right? Maybe write your secret list of embarrassing questions and go, you know, research some people before you just hop in there and make an appointment with them, really have a sense of, hmm, I feel like this person might be a match for this kind of odd thing I have going on, but I'm really afraid to talk about. And then, you know, schedule a free call. I know a lot of fertility coaches, I don't know about you as a midwife, um, a lot of us have this sort of, hey, pop on, I'll chat with you for 30 minutes, ask me what you want, we'll talk and see if it's a fit, if I can help you, if I can point you in a direction take advantage of those. I say, you know? Oh yes. Yes. Get, no, my home birth clients, they, they yeah. have to have a, a one hour consultation with me um, to sit and talk and Great. make sure that it's a good fit. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, so those, that's the mm -hmm. time when I tell them what I will do, what I won't do, why I will do mm -hmm. things and why I won't do things. Um, my practice is hundred um, percent evidence-based which surprises right. people when they find out what I won't do and what I will do. Um, right, right. You know, things like a cervical exam during pregnancy. I, I don't do those unless the client is wanting them. And they'll say, mm -hmm. but isn't that required? No, the evidence shows that it's totally unnecessary. Um, but yeah. I'm happy to do yeah. it if you want it done. Uh, just understand yeah. that 
anybody can check your cervix and lie to you about what it's doing. So <laughs> mm -hmm. it's true. And it's not, it's not one of those things on the top of the evidence based and yeah. And that's the thing, finding a provider who's up on the current evidence is also so, so important. Mm -hmm. um, Cause that can give you a lot of more options too, a lot of more power. Right. So, yeah. Very good. Good for you. Thank I like you. that one. I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, some people are surprised by what I will and will not do. You know, uh, I don't induce at home and they'll say, but what right. if it's a medical reason? I'm like, well, if it's a medical reason, you need to be in the hospital. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because that makes it a medical sure. situation. So, you Absolutely. know, if you don't yeah. need to be induced, you don't need to be induced. Right. <laughs> and those are kind of things of shade of gray that I love that kind of acupuncture can do. We don't necessarily induce, but we can kind of relax and open everything up. And I've had a really high success rate of women who are, oh my gosh, my doctor says if I don't give birth in the next day that they're going to induce me and I don't want it and this and that. And, you know, sure enough, just a few needles and, you know, five, six hours later, there they are going into natural labor very easily, very calmly. Mm -hmm. And it's good. So just educating women that there are steps in between um, and that Absolutely. not everything's black and white when it comes to periods, cycles, fertility, right? birth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I had a chiropractor do some acupuncture on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. um, nice. Babies, uh, eight. Yeah, these points up here are really nice. Mm -hmm. They're really descending. Yeah. Oh, and it, yeah. it hurt when he did it. But he told me, if yeah. you're not in labor in 48 hours, call me and I'll come do it again. I'll come to you and yeah. I'll do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it worked, yeah. It worked, yep. Yeah. I, I did acupuncture on myself before to give birth to both of my boys. Labor was super quick, super easy, very, very non, non anything. <laughs> it was it was really yeah. nice especially because i you know in it i was in a foreign hospital i didn't speak a language and it was there was no such thing as a birth plan here and it was everything i never wanted it was it could have been a horrifying <laughs> experience so i had to use whatever tools that i had and that that was really significantly different for me to have that acupuncture stay calm in the mind stay calm in the body my body was open it was relaxed and hey it worked so i am i'm a firm believer in it so Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's important to stay calm. That's what a lot of people oh, don't yeah. understand. And yeah. it's like, you can't be, you can't have a panic mindset. You can't be afraid. You yeah. can't be, you know, cautious or anxious or, or any of that. And, and I let couples know too, if you think you're in labor because you're having some contractions, do not become excited because you can stop them. You yeah. just have yeah. to go about your life as if nothing is yeah. happening. It's true because they will yeah. eventually get to a point where even excitement isn't going to stop them. Um, it's true. And that's really good to give them that information yet again. Right. So they know when they get to this point, okay, I know what to do. My partner knows what to do. Um, yeah. Here we are. Yeah. yeah. That's really yeah. great. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about the importance of bringing him into the equation and letting him know that there's, mm -hmm. there's a role for him to play. Um, mm -hmm. And I shared with you what I do to help include him um, as far as the pregnancy and the birth is concerned. So how do you, what do you do with him? I mean, we talked a little bit about making sure that, you know, everything is fine with his body, everything is mm -hmm. fine with her body, but is there other things that you do um, to help him know that he's included in this. He's as important to the equation as she is. Yeah, he's definitely in there um, as far as 
um, like I talked about some dietary changes, I often put the men on herbs as well. So it becomes sort of this ritual, right? The two of them are doing this together. Um, but then we, I talk with him about, for example, if they're doing IVF or if they're wanting to can try and conceive naturally, um, what works for him? What is his, you know, one of his hopes and his dreams and his fear about this? I really get kind of into his mindset. Um, and then how he can support his partner. You know, some, sometimes the men are like, God, I don't want my wife having one more egg harvest. I don't want one more failed IVF. I can't stand to see her so crushed. You know, so kind of giving him some tools about how he can help her in what she wants without him having to suffer as well. And that's a tricky one. So it's sort of case by case. I, get, I have kind of suss out where they're at, where they want to be and kind of make a plan for the two of them to do this together. I often find that one couple is pulling the rain, one person is pulling the rain a little bit more than the other. And so how we can even that out. Um, one might want to be pregnant yesterday and the other one's okay if it takes another year. You know what I mean? So kind mm -hmm. of finding an equilibrium there, a pace that they're both comfortable with. And that really significantly changes the process. And oftentimes the man is just really unsure what he can do. He really just doesn't know. And men are so very action oriented, right? So giving them the steps that can do with the diet and the herbs and this and that, but then really stopping for a minute and listening. Well, what, what do you want this to look like? What do you have, what have you envisioned for having this child? Mm -hmm. Often what comes up is really, really something the partner didn't know about. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting to check in with him too, instead of being so focused on the outcome of getting this baby conceived. Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's so important for men to understand that they have a role to play here. Yes. Uh, it's not yeah. just about, okay, well, you got her pregnant. Now you can go away and leave her alone until after the baby's born. You know, yeah. there's still, there's still a vital role to play there that she mm -hmm. wants him to play. Um, it's true. You know, but our society has just taught men how to be absent. And that, that bothers me. <laughs> more it's than a true. little bit <laughs> <laughs> it's true and you know we women have this beautiful thing the second we want to get or think about being pregnant or that we are we can innately change everything right we just change all of our our habits and our duties and things and for the men it just doesn't become real until that baby is in the world so right. really checking them in to say no it's real from the point that you want to try and start conceiving while she's pregnant and growing this baby it's still a real thing just because it's not tangible to you um, but yeah, yeah, sometimes it's more work than others, but really getting them in there on that idea and that notion and getting them on board is really, really important. But yeah, I'm with you. It's just such a ridiculous notion, right? Yes. <laughs> the baby's born and it's the proud father holding it. And you're like, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure the trophy goes to the woman. Well, how much of a role did you play in the labor? Um, right. <laughs> and the growing and all of the last nine months. And the... Right. Oh, yeah. no. Some of my greatest joys have been, you know, watching the dad catch their baby. And um, so beautiful. Yeah. I had a dad. It was their, their last pregnancy. He agreed to a home birth. Um, mm -hmm. She wanted to go unassisted, but he was like, I don't feel comfortable going unassisted. Um, and she's like, okay. And so they hired, uh, myself and my apprentice and, um, the pregnancy went beautifully mm -hmm. and I get a phone call from him late one night and he's like, well, 
she's not sure if it's time for you to come, but from what I'm hearing while she's on the, the toilet, I think that you need to start heading this way. And I said, okay. And I got my stuff into my car and started backing out of the garage. And uh, so it took me about 20 minutes to get everything in. It was yeah. snowing on the ground, so, you know, outside. So yeah. I had to be careful getting everything in and not slip and fall. And I got right. into the car, was backing out and he calls me again. And I'm like, is everything okay? He says, yeah, yeah. I'm just calling to let you know there's it's snowing. So please drive carefully, take your time. The baby's here. <laughs> Mom and baby are fine. Um, they're just sitting and waiting for you. The placenta hasn't come yet. Um, just wow. be careful. And so my apprentice lived closer. So I knew she was going to get there before me. And so when I walked in, I was like, what happened? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he was like, well, I was filling the birth pool up because she wanted to get in and the pool was about halfway full and she lifted her leg to step over the side of the birth pool. And all of a sudden I dropped the hose and I ran around the pool and caught the baby just as oh. the baby's body came out. He said, cause when she lifted the leg, the head was it crowning just... and out and then the baby was here. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> what a story. And, and during the postpartum visits, he happened to be home for one of them. And I said, okay, it's very important to process the birth experience. I said, and you guys had quite an experience. So dad, how are yeah. you feeling about those things, you know, the things that happened? And he said, I can't believe that this is our last one because that was an amazing experience. Oh, how beautiful. That gives me shivers. Yeah. What and I just thought to statement. myself, you know, why can't yeah. dads have that experience from the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. And here he is so calmly calling you. Everything's okay. The placenta hasn't come. He knows what to say. He's telling you to drive careful. I mean, that is just not anything you see about a dad to be. That's wonderful. Wrong. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they're not always in panic mode. Not when they are taught. You know, everything. Yeah, that that's the thing. It's so crucial to teach them everything because they really want to. So just give them the skills and they can do right. it. They can be a part of it. You know, I've had clients who's it's the husband that tells me she's pregnant, you know, and they're they're just so excited because they they wanted it and they did all of this work and they supported her and it happened. Um, and that is yeah. just it's always a shock to me when it's him telling me she's pregnant. I'm always like, Yeah, that's so great. <laughs> amazing great she's pregnant but better it's you telling me <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes yes I find that yeah. the information giving them the information for a man yeah. is his toolbox it um, is you no know, it's not a tangible I mean, when the woman is needed to be doing other things he's got a toolbox full so he's not feeling okay what do I do right you know right he's got the information she can, mm -hmm. yeah she can let go do what she needs to do mm -hmm. and yeah, really, really powerful stuff. Yeah. Great story. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, well, Morgan, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Uh, oh, me and too. I am excited to have this episode go live for people. Um, so much good information. Uh, we've mm -hmm. talked about a wide variety of things. So I do appreciate you coming and joining me for this episode. Oh, I appreciate you so much for having me. Thank you. Do you have any 
anything special on your website for people to go and grab um, a checklist or, or can they schedule a free consultation with you? Yeah, right now they can absolutely book a, a 30 minute free call, a um, pregnancy foods grocery shopping list, um, a like a trying to conceive checklist to take all of the stress out of the tracking and there'll be a couple other fun freebies up in the freebie vault so yeah pop on over and check what's up there yeah I just throw a mix of things from the eastern side to the western so there's always a variety I love that but yeah if anybody ever has questions I'm always available to to talk about their specific case and see what what will work for them okay amazing yeah thank you so much for everything that you do thank you Thank you, too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. To learn more about me, your Fairy God Mentor, simply go to AngieTaylorFairyGodMentor.com.